Amen. How many of you love the theme? Awesome. I don't know about you, but uh, I know that uh, sometimes when you when you purchase meat to to cook or prepare, sometimes meat can be a little bit tough. And a lot of times what makes that meat uh, so delicious is that you spend the time to allow it to just kind of sit and marinate and just uh, just kind of soak in all of that so that when it is prepared, that it is just amazing how good it is. And I'll tell you this, that I, I know that many of you just tonight, right now, a few minutes ago, have uh, been introduced to this theme, but this, this theme has been marinating in my heart for months now. And I'll tell you, it is, it is, I, there is so much that uh, I want to say that I'm going to try to contain myself tonight and, and try to keep it into a timely manner tonight, but I, I want you to know that this is something that, this is, this is a theme that is, is for this hour that we're living in. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed the, the days that we're living in. The, these are evil days. Uh, the, evil men and seducers are waxing worse. And many of you have family, you have family members, you have children, you have others that you love and you care deeply about. And listen, if there was ever a theme that God put on my heart for this year that I think would help all of us is this thought of stand. Stand for what is timeless. Stand for what is true. Listen, there is so many things that people today, Christians, are going after, listening to. We need to make sure that we are staying in tune with the Word of God. Can I tell you that this book is never out of date. It's always relevant. It is absolute. And listen, this is the words that you and I need for our lives, for our families, for our church, and for our world that we live in. And so I'll tell you this, I'm going to spend the rest of my life as I have been standing for what is right. And I pray that is your heart's desire and I want to get into this tonight. Uh, anybody did not get a copy of the outline, raise your hand. want to make sure that everybody received one. You have that in your hand. If you would, turn in your Bible tonight, and we'll get there eventually. Turn with me to Jeremiah. Some of you this morning thought maybe we were going to go back to Joshua. We're in Jeremiah tonight. And, of course, Jeremiah is one of the Old Testament prophets. And uh, God led me months ago to this passage and, uh, you know, this is what I said as, uh, you know, we've been dealing with some things, of course, the way the world is today. It, it became evident to me months ago why God put this theme on my heart. And each and everything that has been going on and happening and is still happening in the world today falls right in line with this theme for this year. Now, before I get into the passage, sometimes when it comes to a message, there's what is called an introduction, all right? Sometimes an introduction can be short. Sometimes an introduction can be a little lengthy. What I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to paint a picture. Now, I'm not going to pick up a brush. 
I'm not an artist, but I'm going to use an illustration, a real illustration, and I want you to pay attention to the illustration because it goes right into what the theme and what the message is all about. So I want to begin, if you have your notes there, and you can write there for number one, is that you and I, as Christians, we need to be on the lookout. We need to be on the lookout. As I was spending time with the Lord, God gave me a tremendous study that just fit right in with the theme, and it it fell along the lines of what is known as the Appalachian Trail. Uh, this is a trail that many hike. Uh, my wife and I, we, we actually spent much time, if we had an opportunity, if there were mountains in South Florida, we would still be hiking. But God put us in the flatlands, and so we're just walking on flat ground. But nonetheless, I began to study about the Appalachian Trail. They say it's over 2,190 miles long. You can see there from Georgia all the way up to Maine that this trail passes through 14 states. Hikers that travel the trail will find approximately, listen, 80,000 trail markers on the trail that are painted on trees, rocks, fence posts. These trail markers, the whole purpose behind them is to help hikers to follow a given path. They are used to indicate things like the beginning or the end of a trail. Maybe they would indicate the change of direction, or maybe as you're hiking, you come upon an intersection. Missing the markers is time-consuming. Missing the markers can even be deadly. For some areas of the Appalachians, actually will swallow up hikers that will never be seen again. The most common error of those that hike the Appalachian Trail is not being aware of trouble spots where you can fall off of a trail if you're not on the lookout for them. Navigating the trail as a group means not only that you need to know where you are, But you also need to know where others are also on the trail. On the trail, there is certain rules, certain etiquette that you must observe while you're hiking the trail. The whole reason behind these etiquette rules is that as they are followed, they can help you stay together, and they also can help you to stay on track. Here are those rules, and I believe I gave them to you in your notes. The first one is that an experienced trekker should take the lead. No one should pass the leader unless you reestablish roles or responsibilities. Secondly, an experienced trekker should also be assigned as what is known as the sweeper. The sweeper is also known as the phrase, taking up the rear. No one should be allowed to fall behind the sweeper. In other words, all staying together. Thirdly, when traveling cross-country, the group should remain within ear and eye contact of each other. 
Now, because the trail signs must be read, those markers, the signs that are on the Appalachian Trail, there is always the risk that those signs might be not interpreted in the same way. Even on well-established trails, to decrease the odds of a group getting too separated, there are times when you need to pull over and stop as you're hiking. The leader of the group should stop, gather up the team, and decide what to do next whenever the following is encountered. For instance, it might be that they've come upon a split in the trail. It may be that they come upon a water crossing. It may be that they come to an obstacle like a downed tree. They might come to a trail that that trail seems to fade out of sight. They could come to something that is confusing, something that is unclear. That's the whole purpose behind pulling over, stopping, and regrouping. Now, these occasional regroupings also prevent separation between the members of the team. If someone in the back is having problems or someone is injured, the sooner you figure that out, the better. If you encounter others on the trail, you should share information and you should ask them where they are coming from. When following older trails, we may find ourselves looking for what are known as confidence markers. These confidence markers are some sign that others have been there before and that we are generally heading in the right direction. Now, I don't know if you've ever hiked. I don't know if you've ever been on a trail. Sometimes it can be very treacherous. Sometimes it can be difficult. But trails are meant to keep us heading in the direction that we are supposed to go. Now, there are times where some become adventurous. They decide that they want to get off the trail, off the beaten path. They want to make their own trail. Many of those people that decide to do that find themselves in some sort of danger because they've gotten off the path. So first of all, this year, in your Christian life, you need to be on the lookout. You need to listen to those etiquette rules. Most of those are just practical in nature. So let's look at the Word of God tonight as we come, secondly, that now we are at a crossroads. At a crossroads. If you have your Bible in Jeremiah chapter number 6, we come to this passage, and as you study this out, maybe a little bit more on your own, and of course we'll dive into it throughout this year, Jeremiah the prophet is exhorting Judah, the people of God, with regards to what is known as the old paths, what is known as the good way. And he is exhorting them. His message to them sounded ridiculous. There may be even some here tonight or some listening that are thinking to themselves, what is the pastor's big deal? All is good. I mean, why, why this message? Why this theme? You see, even in Jeremiah's day, the people listened to the prophet, but yet they turned away their ear. 
they thought, how ridiculous, because we as a people are celebrating a thousand years as a nation. Judah at this time, at Jeremiah's day, had been a people, a nation for a thousand years. They had been freed from slavery. They had risen up above other nations that were around them. They had enriched their culture. They had enriched their economic life. They were advanced in religion. But they also, in all their advancement, had shook off the primitive beliefs that their fathers held so firmly. Those beliefs that their fathers and their forefathers held with absolute resolve. They, they threw them off like throwing a coat off of themselves. Jeremiah appeals to the Jews of his day to remember the past. Notice the Bible says in Psalm 105, verse 5, Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Talking about God. And so we come to Jeremiah chapter 6. Our theme verse this year is verse number 16, and I want you to see it. Thus saith the Lord. Let's say that together. Thus saith the Lord. Listen, folks, to me, that settles it. Whatever follows, this is what God says. It's not what the pastor says. This is what God says. And we understand that even in our day, this is relevant to us. Now look at this. Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Look at the last part of the verse. But they said, see, thus saith the Lord. But they said, notice the words, we will not walk therein. You see, you're either going to walk God's way, you're going to listen to what God says for your life, for your family, or you're going to rebel against God himself. That's the choice. You see, we talked this morning about the blessings of God but also the cursings of God. Let's say this verse together, verse 16. Here we go. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Now again, Jeremiah's message was from God, and they said, not interested. That's not what we want. Jeremiah, we've become a great people, culturally, economically. We have been prosperous. We're not going to walk that way. And yet Jeremiah stands there, and the picture that I want you to see, go back one slide, This is the picture I want you to see, because when you study this passage, and you come to the words there, 
stand ye in the ways. I want you to see that picture because literally Jeremiah to the people of Judah is saying, look, you're like a man that is standing at a crossroads. There's two paths. There's two ways to go. Remember, Joshua, choose you. Which direction you want to go? Jeremiah here is describing a man standing at a fork in the road, and what is he doing? He's observing. He's probably a traveler, a pilgrim, trying to make a decision on which way to go. We live in a day where there are many new ways. All roads do not lead to heaven. Yet many are duped to believe that. That why can't we all just get together, hold hands, and sing kumbaya until the Lord comes back? But see, here he is. He sees many that are traveling the new way, going down a new path. And he knows that he must find the old path, as the Bible says, And so he asked those that are passing by. Sadly, no one seems to know. No one knows about the old path. All seem to be following the new way. Finally, he finds an old traveler. The old traveler points him to a narrow, well-worn trail that is hidden in the bushes. No one wants to go down that path. Doesn't look like anyone's gone down that path in quite some time. Well, he's right. Most are not going down that way. The man tells him in verse 16, this is the good way. That's what he says. This is the good way. And as he does that in verse 16, our verse for the year, he gives four commands. Now, These commands are not given by Jeremiah. They're given by God to Jeremiah. And I want you to see them. These commands are given for those who are making the journey. How many of you are saved tonight? You know what you're doing? You're making the journey. See, every day, you're one step closer to home. So how do we make the journey? Do you know the difference between a command and a request? Commands, it's not open for discussion. To not do what God says is to disobey God himself. And I want you to see the first command, which is our theme. It's the word stand. The word stand refers to someone taking the time to think. When you come to a crossroad, to consider where the road would end. God, which way would you have me to go? God leaves no doubt. He says, I want you to go the old path, wherein is the good way. You see, we ought to stand. That's the first command. The second one is see. The word there, S-E-E. It refers to spending time observing and assessing where you will go 
before you blindly pile on following the crowd. Oh, here we are. Hey, everybody's going this way. It must be the right way because that's the way everyone's going. Just because everyone's going that way doesn't make it the right way. God says, I want you to go the old path, wherein is the good way. See, we are to stand. We are to see. Look at the next command. Ask. It's a simple one, isn't it? But you know, it's one that we hardly ever do. Ask. He was asking people, has anybody seen the old way? Which way am I supposed to go? It's asking for the old path, for the good way. And can I tell you, look, don't ask anybody. Ask someone that knows. See, nowadays we're asking all kinds of people that don't know the old way, that don't know the old path. You need to be careful about who you're asking. Yeah. Google in the Greek means hell. <laughs> Just kidding. I woke up some of you right there, I'll tell you that. But here's the fourth command. The fourth command is walk. Now, do you, do you see this? Stand. See. Ask, and once you've asked someone that knows, then you walk. You go down the path. You bring those that are with you down the good way, the old path. It is so simple, and the Bible says that if we obey, watch this, ye shall find rest for your soul. How many of you want some rest? Man, I'm going to tell you, I love my bed. And me and my, me and my bed, we don't have a good relationship. You know why? Because I don't spend enough time with it. My wife and I had the privilege to get away these pa- this past week for a few days. And we were gone for three days. And we looked at each other and said, can we stay I mean, it, it took three days just for us to feel like we're resting. Now, the wonderful thing is, is listen, even with our busy lives, do you know where we find our rest? In Him. I mean, G- the disciples, they found their rest. Even in their difficult days with the Lord, they found rest when Jesus was with them. You see, here we are. We need to be on the lookout. This world, churches, and Christians, we're at a crossroads. You with me tonight? Then I want you to notice the problem is, is that as we're journeying, many are ignoring the signs. Ignoring the signs. Jeremiah, he brings this prophecy to Judah. Remember, it was the word of the Lord. This prophecy, if you studied out, it came to Judah from Jeremiah three to four years before the captivity of Judah into Babylon. Spiritually, things were a disaster in Judah, spiritually. 
It was a very sad time. It was a critical hour that the prophet told the nation. Listen, he told the nation what God was going to do. If you study this entire passage, chapter number 6 of Jeremiah, in the first five verses, notice this is what God was going to do. First of all, God was going to declare war. God was. God, here he is, warning them through Jeremiah of the judgment that was coming. Folks, look, when we ignore the signs, you can ignore the signs all you want that say the bridge is out. But when you get there, guess what? The bridge is out. We're fools. We're fools to ignore the signs and just live as if we can live like we want. Listen, I'm going to tell you, God could come back today and he's warning us of the judgment that is to come. You read in this chapter from verse 6 to verse 15, the prophet says not only is God declaring war, but God is directing the attack. Hey, listen, if God can't get our attention, he will take action. What he's doing here is directing the attack. No one was listening to God. Sometimes I'm amazed. Or people might ask something and I'm like, I believe we've said that like 15 times. It's one thing not to listen to one another, but don't turn a deaf ear to God. Listen, he's warning us. He's telling us that he's going to direct the attacks, and then look at this. In the end of the chapter, God is delivering the verdict, and the verdict for God's people was guilty, and they deserved destruction. God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. God wants us to be obedient to him. He wants us to stand and to walk in the good way, the old paths. You see, the Bible tells us that it was a critical hour in Jeremiah's day, but I think in the day that we are living in, too, that this is a critical time in our nation and in our world. The Bible says, if the foundations be destroyed, what? can the righteous do? And the foundations are being destroyed. Hey, if you don't believe me, not only biblically, but look what the world's doing historically. They're removing any semblance of our history. Statues, anything public, the textbooks, they're completely erasing Our nation, our heritage, well, the same is true about God's people. We do have a heritage. You see, we did not begin like most world religions began with a human leader. Our church was founded upon that rock you just sang about, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is eternal. He has always been and he always will be. He did not begin in a manger in Bethlehem. You see, our our lives are built on him. And if they're not built on him and they're built on the sand of this world, 
they're going to fall. That is the absolute truth. God was trying to get a hold of Judah and help them understand in Jeremiah's day that the people of Jeremiah's day were rejecting the very words of God. Look at the Bible says, if you have your Bible there, look at verse number 10 of this same chapter. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. That's sad. That people don't want to hear the word of God. They cast it off from them. You see, to reject God's word, can I just say it this way, is to reject God himself. Because Jesus is the word. I wonder if, is anyone listening to God today? Is anyone willing to stand for what is right in the sight of God? Listen to what Thomas Jefferson wrote, and you may have it there in your notes. He actually wrote this this in what he calls the notes on the state of Virginia. He wrote this over two centuries ago. Look at these words. He said, indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. You see, many are ignoring the signs. And look at this. Not only are they doing that, but they're moving the landmarks. Remember the Appalachian Trail? 80,000 markers. They call them blazes. 80,000 of them. How would you like it if you're hiking the Appalachian Trail and somebody moves the marker and it causes you to go off in the wrong direction? And yet we see many not only ignoring the signs, but they're also moving those landmarks. Now, I believe this. I believe that it's important to know where the church has stood theologically. In other words, where we stand on the Word of God, especially in the past. Because who we have been is still who we are. Because God's Word does not change. A lot of people will say, well, what about this? What about this path? What about this new way? Can I say without the old paths, there is doctrinal chaos in the church. Chaos. God is a God of order. The devil loves confusion. He loves it. You know why? Because when there's confusion, remember what happened at the Tower of Babel? They never finished it, did they? Because of the confusion. The devil would love for us to be listening to different voices, going down different paths, trying this way, trying that way. Churches have forsaken God's way. And those that have forsaken God's way, they experience trouble. They experience apostasy, a falling away from the truth. Culture today, listen, culture tells us That we should always be looking for what is new and improved. That's what culture says. That's the pull. They believe that the latest is always the greatest. And so many pastors, churches, and even Christians are always on the lookout for some new method, some new gimmick, 
Worst of all, even new doctrines. God's absolute moral standards are viewed by society today as intolerant. That's the way the world looks at it. The standards of God. We're cautioned. Is this not true? We are cautioned today as Christians to not express our disapproval over certain immoral behaviors. Look what happened to John the Baptist in his day. He lost his head over it. Our circumstances, when I think of what's going on in this world today, you know, they're amazingly similar to those that Jeremiah was confronted with 2,600 years ago. You see, history repeats itself. People say, the world's different today. No, it's not. You see, we've been sinners ever since the garden. The people in Jeremiah's day, is this not indicative of the people today? They had no shame. No perversion made them blush. Even the leaders, the religious leaders of the day, were part of this disgraceful situation. Jeremiah proclaimed God's anger. He warned them of the imminent divine judgment that was going to come. And the prophet pleaded for them to do one thing, stand. He said, I want you to stand. Because there is a right path. And there's a wrong path. And we must make sure that the one we're walking on, listen to me, is the one that God's ordained. Walking the one that He can bless. Walking the path that honors Him. You see, many are ignoring the signs and moving the landmarks. And the sad thing is, just like in Jeremiah's day, guess what? There's a dead end ahead. How can we help others to know the way? Stand. That's how we can help them. Stand. See, in Jeremiah's day, the, they had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and the idolatrous people of the northern kingdom were actually influencing the southern kingdom. Jeremiah condemned their idolatry at the crossroads Jeremiah was telling them, hey, look, you need to stop and look at the crossroad here. He says, because one of these paths leads to destruction. Look at the Bible says, look at verse 15. Were they, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay. They were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. You see, there are those that will fall because the road that they're going down is a road full of idols. It's a road that will turn their heart away from God. Look at verse 21. Therefore thus saith the Lord. Behold, I, God says, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people. And the fathers, look at this, and the sons together shall fall upon them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. 
See, there's, there's going to be stumbling blocks in the path. And guess what? You will stumble if you go down the wrong path. You don't go the good way. See, on the same path that the Jews chose in Jeremiah's day, Christians today are walking all kinds of paths, all kinds of worship practices that they're getting from the world. Churches have become a center of worldly entertainment, promoting to people that that is the right path of worshiping God. Pastors, leaders, and churches are directing their people in a path full of stumbling blocks, a path that leads to destruction. It's a path of false worship full of advances that are taken from the unbelieving world. It is the same devastating path that Israel of old walked, and it is a path that leads to destruction. Dead end ahead. So what are we to do? Well, it's time to take a stand. It's time to take a stand. Joshua stood before the prophets of Baal. David stood against Goliath. Paul stood before Festus. Peter stood on the day of Pentecost. Moses stood before Pharaoh. Daniel stood in the lion's den. The three Hebrew children stood in a burning, fiery furnace. Esther stood for her people. Nehemiah stood against the compromisers of his day. Nathan stood and confronted David of his sin. Noah stood alone in a godless culture. Joseph stood against Potiphar's wife's advances toward him. Joshua and Caleb stood against the ten spies that delivered an evil report. John the Baptist stood up and spoke against Herod's marriage. Jesus stood between God and man. And I tell you today, you and I, we need to stand because others have stood before us. And they stood for what is right. Jeremiah 50, the Bible says a sound of battle is in the land and of great destruction. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Romans 3, destruction and misery are in their ways. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who mind earthly things. Isaiah said it this way, howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations said this, mine eye run it down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Esther said in her day, how can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? And how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Listen, the Bible still tells us to neither give place to the devil. And yet many people are giving place. That word is the word tapas. The word place in our Bible, we get our English word topography from that word, and it means a piece of ground. And God is saying when he says neither give place to the devil, he, the Bible instructs us not to give the devil any ground in our lives, not one inch. God's plan for us, what is it? Our plan from God is to stand our ground. Instead of giving it up. Stand your ground. 
Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Don't give up your ground. Can I tell you that if you give it up, you'll never get it back. Many have given up on the old-time religion, the old paths, the good way, only to realize once they got down that path, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. You and I need to determine to stand our ground for Jesus. Some of us may need to reclaim some of the ground that we've given up over the years. As Christians, we need to resist the attacks of the enemy. That word resist, it's an interesting word. James, in the last part of James 4, 7, says resist the devil and he will do what? Flee from you. Why does the devil bother you? Because you're not resisting him. You're giving him place. You open the door. You crack the window. You went down the wrong path. The Bible says neither give place. The word resist means to withstand, to strive against, or to oppose. And that is only possible. We can only stand against the wiles of the devil when we tap into a reserve of power that is greater than ourselves. And that's why the rest of James 4, 7 begins with, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. See, when we resist the devil, we can do that as we submit ourselves to God. I don't think any of us are surprised when I say that these are evil days we're living in. There's no rest from war. No ceasefire. It's a spiritual battle. Some of you just need to determine, I'm not giving my family and my life to this world and to the devil. I'm going to stand. I'm going to go down the old paths. I'm going to go the good way. I'm going to do what pleases the Lord. You see, if we will continue in this world that we live in until we die, it is possible for us to stand against the devil. It is possible for God's people to withstand his attacks. Jeremiah was urging his nation to return to the pathways of faith that have been traveled by Abel and by Enoch and by Abraham, by Moses and by the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote to those in the book of Ephesus, the book of Ephesians, those in Ephesus, and notice in verse 15 of chapter 5, look at the words there, see then that ye walk, what's the word, circumspectly. That's the word acrobos. We get our English word acrobat. You ever seen an acrobat at a circus on a tight wire? Every step they take, they're taking it very carefully because there's a lot at stake lives. Pastor, why preach a message like, why have a theme like this? Well, first of all, it's what thus saith the Lord. 
Second of all is because I care. I care about you. I care about your families. I care about the cause of Christ. This is the day that God has said to me, and He says to you, Howl ye. Don't stand by and let the world have its way and the philosophies of this world and the culture of this world to change us just to be like them. Last time I checked, the Bible says, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. We are to be a peculiar people, holy, acceptable unto God. If there's no difference between us and the world, others will never come to Christ. Notice back in Ephesians 5, he says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. He says, but as wise, redeeming the time. Redeeming it. Because the days are what? Look at this. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is God's will, Stan? And I want to ask you tonight, where do you stand? Because actions speak louder than words. You see, you can fool others, but you can't fool God. This year, let's stand together. And let's stand for the Lord. And let's stand for the old paths and the good way that we may find rest for our souls. And may it never be said of Bible Baptist Church, and we will not walk therein. May it be said, what God says, we will do. Would you bow your heads with me tonight with our heads bowed? Let's stand to our feet. I'm not going to prolong. But tonight, listen, no one's going to judge anyone, but some of you may need to come tonight and spend some time with the Lord. Some of you may need to ask God for strength for this year to stand. It's not going to be easy, but it's right. Some of you need to come as a family. Maybe you're here by yourself. Grab a friend and say, listen, would you go with me and pray with me? Listen, where's God's people tonight that would say, I'll stand? I don't know what others are going to do, but I'll stand. Why don't you come tonight? We're going to take a moment. Some of you know what you need to do. You see, when you take that step, it's not coming to me. You're stepping in the direction of the Lord. And some of you just need to get alone right here tonight with God and say, God, help me. People have been trying to distract me, pull me down the road that leads to destruction. And God doesn't want you to go down that path. Some of you may find this year that you might have a Christian brother or sister that comes to you, and they come to you out of love, because not that they're any better than you, 
that they may see the direction you're heading. And in Christian love, they might say to you, hey, listen, can I talk to you? Will you be able to receive that love that they're giving towards you, that they're speaking the truth to you? Or are you just going to keep going the way you're going? Thank God for good Christian friends. Some of you have loved ones. You're thinking about them right now that are going down the wrong road. People that are listening to the wrong voices. Pray for them. Encourage them. Ask them to make the journey with you. See, it's no fun hiking alone. When you do it with someone, you can enjoy it. Lord, thank you for the truth that you gave to Jeremiah. And really, it was a warning. But the people of Judah would not listen. God, may we be a people that are attentive, that are listening, that are walking circumspectly, that are wise and not fools. May this year be a year that we are closer to you, closer to home than we are right now. Lord, there's going to be some battles this year that we'll face. One of the wonderful things about being a Christian, being a member of a church, is that we have you that stands with us, and we have our brothers and sisters in Christ that are making the journey with us. We don't have to do it alone. May we take advantage of the strength in numbers. God bless this message. May this be one of the high marks of our Christian life this year, this theme to stand. Stand and see and ask and walk in the good way. And We'll thank you for what you're going to do, how you're going to lead us, how you're going to direct us, the circumstances you'll use this year in our lives, and we ask all this. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen.